Welcome home. This is Dr. Tama, and this is Homecoming, a podcast for those on a spiritual and psychological journey back home to themselves. I'm Dr. Tama, a psychologist, minister, and sacred artist that is here to facilitate your journey. I want you to know that this is a supplement to any therapeutic process, but this does not constitute therapy. I will be here with you weekly to provide tips and motivation to get you from where you are to where you were born to be. Welcome. Let's begin. Today, we're going to talk about being homesick how we got disconnected from ourselves, and how we can start the journey back. I am so glad that you're tuned in, and I want to tell you that you are not the only one that sometimes loses their way from themselves. We are all at times in our lives a little homesick. Many of us have found our dreams, our hopes, and our visions in the lost and found. We have left ourselves behind. But the beautiful thing is when we come to the realization, this is not who I am, this is not who I was born to be, and I am clear this is not where I want to stay. When you get to that awakening, you have already begun the process of the shift, S-H-I-F-T, shifting out of the old and into the new. So when we talk about being homesick or being disconnected from ourselves, I want to first talk about the things that disconnect us. How did we get lost? How did we lose that place of home? And there can be different pieces that get us off track. And I'm using us intentionally because even as a mental health professional, even as a minister, I have my own journey and I have my own story. And so when I talk about being homesick and longing to come home to yourself. It is not just something I have read in a book or worked with clients about, but a journey I had to take for myself to come back to who I am and all that that represents. So one of the key things that gets us disconnected from ourselves is trauma. And trauma is any experience that overwhelms our normal resources. Everybody experiences daily stressors. So there are things that you worry about with family, with finance, with work, or with school, and you have probably figured out a way to manage them so it's good enough. But then there are events that happen that disrupt your normal way of coping, that disrupt your identity, your understanding of who you are, that disrupt your ability to recognize your emotions or even manage your emotions, that make you act out of character. All of us have been in circumstances where we say, that wasn't me. I don't know what was going on, but that was not me. In those moments, we have become homesick. And one of the challenges for many of us, myself included, is when you have had trauma early in life. So it's not just a matter of I developed myself, I had clarity about who I was, and then in my 20s, something happened. It's a little bit easier to get back home when you have that foundation that is clear, that is stable, that is nurturing. But when you have had early traumatic experiences, early disruptive experiences, then it can really make it hard to imagine that there can be more to life than what I have 
experienced. And that is why this idea of psychology for me really is spiritual. Uh, psyche means the soul. So psychology is study of the soul. And so recognizing it as a sacred work means to me that in order for me to believe I can come back home, even when I had early disruption, requires a belief in the miraculous. It is amazing that you have been through all you have been through and you're still kind. It is amazing that you have lived through all you have lived through and you still have a sense of humor. It is amazing that after all the disappointments, you still have dreams. So we recognize even when there has been early disruption, multiple disruptions, that there is a seed in us, some would say even if it's the size of a mustard seed, there is a seed in me that believes that hopes that things can be better, not only than what they are right now, but better than I have ever experienced. When I have never even seen what I'm looking for, when I have never been loved the way I want to be loved, when I have never been understood the way I want to be understood, and yet, even with all of my cynicism, even with all of my doubt, that there is a piece of me that holds on to hope that maybe, possibly, there can be more out of life. And that seed is your home. It is our imagination. It is the purity of our creativity. It is the vision that we came with when we got to the planet. And so even if as a child or as an adolescent, you develop some rough edges, I want you to know that your rough edges and your doubt and your cautiousness are guards that you have put into place. They are masks that you have put into place. They are armor, was the word I was looking for, that we put into place. So sometimes we arm ourselves by expecting the worst so that we won't get disappointed. But it always is a setup anyway for frustration because there's a piece of you that knows that you are hungry and thirsty for more than this. And so those experiences of trauma can keep us disconnected from ourselves. And not only those experiences of trauma, but also experiences of rejection. When you have put yourself out there, when you have put yourself forward and had doors closed, it can cause you to lose yourself because you start to believe I am not good enough, that I am not worthy, that people don't see the good in me, so let me act like something else. If they keep rejecting this person, maybe I need to be some other kind of person for me to be attended to, for me to be affirmed, for me to be rewarded. And so rejection and trauma can cause us to lose sight of ourselves and also being in toxic environments. How many of us have worked at jobs that were ridiculous? <laughs> I am raising my hand even though you can't see it. How many of us even have been in relationships, friendships, or grew up in families where the environment was so toxic that it was not safe for you to be yourself, and so you had to become some other kind of person? 
but that is not you. And so how do I know whether it was trauma, whether it was rejection, uh, whether it was a toxic environment that disconnected me from myself, that did not affirm me? How can I tell when I'm homesick? Because I know some of you are listening to this and you're thinking about other people. You're saying, oh, my cousin needs to hear this. My daughter needs to hear this. My friend needs to hear this. And I want you to know it's you. It's you. You can pass it on, but it's really you. <laughs> it's really you. All of us, when we are honest with ourselves, have had those moments and seasons and sometimes lifetimes when we have been living some other woman's life. My God, today, <laughs> when we wake up, something happens that stirs you, that awakens you to the reality that I have lost time being somebody that I am not. I have lost time living beneath my potential and my possibility, that I have lost time trying to get approval and attention from people who are not, hallelujah, even in my spiritual atmosphere, stratosphere. And when I wake up and realize I lost time, how do I know that I have been disconnected from myself? When I cannot acknowledge my feelings to myself or others, then I have become disconnected from myself. I see this in the office all the time, people who come in and are clearly angry. And if I name anger, they'll say, I'm not mad, I'm not mad. Or people who are clearly depressed. And when I name the depression, oh, no, 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 no. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Praises go up, blessings come down. <laughs> we have all these little sayings. But the truth is all of our cliches do not transform or heal our hearts. And so when I cannot be honest about how I feel, sometimes not only lying to other people, but how about the times we lied to ourselves? The time that we didn't even admit we were miserable. We distracted ourselves with busyness. Uh, we distracted ourselves with uh, temporary fixes, temporary fulfillment that medicated the pain but did not heal it. And so that uh, lack of awareness of my feelings and an inability to articulate them, to speak about them, is a sign that I'm disconnected from myself. When I spend seasons of my life chasing goals that really don't matter to me, I have become disconnected from myself. And we all uh, can internalize other people's scripts. What that just means is we can come to believe what other people have given us, and uh, we often refer to that as the shoulds. So church gives you some shoulds, or temple or mosque gives you some shoulds, your family gives you some shoulds, your teachers gave you some shoulds, the media gives you some shoulds. Um, but when I have started to take the scripts that other people have given to me that do not fit my heart, my mind, my spirit, my passion, my need, my reality, I recognize that I have lost sight of myself. When I am dating people who do not honor me, do not respect me, don't even call me back, <laughs> do not value me, who in whose presence I feel less or in whose presence I feel bored, I have become disconnected from myself. When I get to a place of tolerance instead of abundant living, 
I have disconnected from myself. And this word tolerance can be very, very dangerous because we can lower um, our standards and expectations and we just want what is good enough and never realizing that somewhere along the road, I lost sight of myself, my dreams, my visions, my goals, my purpose, my possibility. So you all, uh, those who are older will remember Diana Ross singing from The Wiz. Do you know where you're going to? Do you like the things that life's been showing you? Where are you going to? Do you know? So let's take sacred pause now. Let's take sacred pause now and ask yourself, the road I am on now, where does it lead? And do I want that destination? The road in my friendships, in my relationships, with my finance, with my career, with my education, with my spiritual practice, I am on a road by each, each day I take a step in a direction. And sometimes I am stepping further and further away from myself. And the only way that I can turn around is by being honest about where I am and the road that I am on, where that is taking me. Because when I decide that I am homesick, that I miss me, oh, I mean, can you, can you admit that on today? I miss me. I miss the me who could uh, sleep through the night. I miss the me that had an appetite but was not needing emotional eating. I miss the me that could laugh. I miss the me that wasn't ashamed or embarrassed about who I am. And for those who have never had any of these things, perhaps you grew up with constant trauma and all of that sounds foreign, you miss the me that you've never had. So you too can be homesick even if you've never been there. But there is a longing on the inside to be at peace with myself, to be comfortable in my own skin, to enjoy my own company. So when I am homesick, I also need constant distraction. And so you might distract yourself with constant television watching, constant uh, scrolling on apps, uh, constant uh, dating from relationship to relationships and hookups, uh, constant eating, constant smoking, because uh, if I'm high, it feels like I'm home even though I'm not really home. If I cannot be home without being high, then am I really home? Yes? So we want to ask ourselves these questions because on uh, today and throughout this series, we're going to talk about getting back to ourselves, but we won't recognize the need for it until we see the ways that we have betrayed ourselves, until we see the ways that we have been dormant and sleeping on our own gifts, when we see the ways that we have neglected our needs and our wants and sometimes it can look very noble I want you all to understand and I'm not beating us up because I promise you I'm in the pot with you uh, that many times we neglect ourselves for things that seem noble meaning taking care of other people you know so you can look out for your family you look out for your friends uh, you may be the one who's considered the strong one you may be the one that people think 
uh, is going to be okay, so they're not worried about you. Uh, you may be the one that is constantly looking out for other people, but you have, we have, we have neglected ourselves. And until we get to a place of saying, I want to get back to me, I want to unearth and I want to rediscover my wings, I want to rediscover my roar as a lioness, I want to rediscover those dormant gifts that I have been too busy being busy to cultivate. And I want you to know something that I had to realize in my journey, and that is busy is not the same thing as being healed. And we have this mentality now where everybody wants to hustle. Get your hustle on and, you know, they have the books for women. Lean in, lean in and hustle and, you know, and don't sleep and work hard and grind. That's it. Grind, grind, grind. I want you to know that there are many, many people who are busy and unhealed, busy and disconnected from themselves, busy and homesick. And we think these other things will fulfill us. If only, if only I could fall in love, I'd be enough. If only I got a job with a certain title or certain salary, I would be enough. If only, if only, if only this person noticed me, if only I made this network or this connection. And all of those are fillers that there, I want you to know on today, right now as you're listening to this, there are people who have the things you want and are still not satisfied. There are people right now that have a partner. There are people right now who have children. There are people right now with a fancy job title and a PhD or a JD or an MD who are still in the lost and found and have not come to collect themselves. But on today, we make a sacred agreement, a covenant with each other and most importantly with ourselves that I am going to find me. I am going to reconnect with me. And this time, I will not leave myself behind. As I go forward in my friendships, in my relationships, as I go forward with school and my profession, as I go forward, I am not going to lose sight of myself. If the way that I medicate uh, my pain is not only by distraction, but some of us uh, medicate our pain through sleep. So as opposed to those who cannot sleep, there are those who sleep all the time and then you wake up and you're still tired. There are those uh, who medicate with food. I mentioned the emotional eating. Uh, there are those who medicate with sexual intimacy and can have partner after partner. You can pick whoever you want out of the club, out of wherever you are, <laughs> and uh, wake up unsatisfied, wake up unfulfilled, wake up no closer to your destiny, to your identity, to authentic peace. There are even those uh, who are listening, who m medicate themselves by creating drama. Drama chasers. <laughs> drama, you, I mean, you could keep some stuff going. I tell you, it's a gift. It's a gift. Everywhere you go, there's drama, confusion. 
arguments and you set the family reunion on fire. And at your job, you're like, nobody's going to come for me. You're a warrior. But who, why, why are you fighting everybody? Why are you fighting everybody? Ask yourself, why am I fighting everybody? And your quick answer will be because they're petty or because they're this or because they disrespected me. But I want to tell you, if everybody is your enemy, if everybody, if everybody is your enemy, you may be missing something on the inside. And so whether we medicate ourselves with drama uh, medicate ourselves with vodka, with a little rum and coke, or not a lot of rum and coke, uh, whatever it is that's your fix. Now, let me say this, because some people can get into the judgmental zone. As you hear me talking, you're looking at everybody else. Let me say that some people medicate their pain um, with their spirituality, with their religion. And what do I mean by that? I mean that um, some people hide behind religion and are not really at home within themselves that they can talk forever about the devil they can talk forever about god they can talk forever about everybody else's issues but they're not really at home within themselves and so uh the reality is that your spiritual walk is a part of your journey but it also does not um, make us immune from distress, from difficulty, even from depression. You can have a lot of faith and still have panic attacks. You can be a very spiritual person and still experience depression. So whatever it is you have been hiding behind, I want you to know that this begins, if you want it, your journey home. And the beautiful thing about the journey home is it's never too late. It's just a matter of when do you want to do it? You know, you can put it off for now. Some people will say, well, I'm not ready to know or I'm not ready to see because I'm enjoying where I am or I'm comfortable where I am or I'm afraid of the journey. I want you to know we will not delete this. So whenever you're ready, <laughs> then you just come tune back in and you can start your process. Whenever you're ready, you can start your process. So I want to give you one pointer on today uh, about beginning the journey home. In psychology, there's something called solutions-focused therapy. Solutions-focused therapy. And that usually is a short-term uh, therapy for people who don't have years to dedicate to the process. And with solutions-focused therapy, you look at the things that have worked for you in the past and you reinstitute them because many times in our stress and in our trauma, we forget the things that work. So I, you can rattle them off to me now. Like you don't need a whole workshop on things uh, that feed your spirit, that feed your mind, that feed your heart. The reality is you haven't been doing them, right? So if I were to ask you, think about, and for each person is something different, right? Some people like hiking. Now that I'm living out in Los Angeles, everybody's talking about hiking. I want you all to know, I grew up in Baltimore, so I don't know anything about hiking. That's not my thing, <laughs> but it's a beautiful thing. I'm sure some people, that's what gets them home, Get go out on the mountain and hike. So 
my thing won't be your thing necessarily, although it is nice to try new things because you may discover a new way home. But there are some old things uh, that speak to you. Uh, for me, uh, one of those things is dancing. Uh, what dance does for me, spiritually, psychologically, emotionally, I really should dance every day, but I don't. But whenever I do, then I re get reconnected, regrounded in myself. And it's a homecoming. Uh, that's my, my first language is in my movement. And so uh, for some of you, it will be meditation and prayer. Uh, for some of you, it is talking to like you might have that one good friend or that one aunt who always has all that wisdom. Um, and when's the last time you called her? Um, it may be um, a book of meditations, a spiritual book. Um, it may be exercise, right? Get up out of that house. And I'm one of those people, I have to tell you all, uh, I don't get excited to go to the gym. But once I go, I'm like, oh, this is great. I should, <laughs> I should have been coming here. So what are the things that nourish me? I'm going to even say around what we eat. Uh, there's a saying, your food affects your mood right and so sometimes we are digesting things taking in things and people let me say that for the adults listening to the podcast we take things and people into our temple that uh, are destructive to our journey home and so what are uh, the things that I can shift that I can reimagine and reorganize my time so that I can do the things that bring me home to myself. So this is going to be one of those rare podcasts that actually has homework because uh, I don't just want you to listen. I actually want you to make it home to yourself. So, you know, it's one thing for us to say yes or amen or ashe or whatever your affirmation is, and then you turn it off and go back to doing what you've been doing. But I want you to really consider making a commitment to yourself. What is something nurturing, nourishing that has fed you or nourished you in the past that you haven't done in a while? And something that it's in your capacity to do this week. So, you know, somebody might say, oh, I went on a cruise, but I don't have any money. So that's not your thing. Right? That's a long-term goal. But I want something that you can commit to now in this season of what you will do this week before you listen to the next podcast, unless you're listening to them all in a row, <laughs> before the next one, a commitment you will make uh, for solutions-focused, psychological, therapeutic process. There is something that awakens me, and I'm going to get back to that. Howard Thurman is an African-American theologian, uh, no longer living. He has a quote that says, do the thing that makes you come alive because there are far too few people that are actually alive. And that is the truth. So do the thing this week, one thing that makes you come alive. I'm so glad you're on this journey with me. And I want to say in closing, after all you have survived, after everything you have endured, let today be the day your soul says to your mind, your heart, your body, and your spirit, welcome home.